hurts the world. But it couldn't fill me. Well, man's empty praise, treasures of faith, never enough. is 
aren't you glad that he redeems? Aren't you glad that he takes those places of our life that are kind of in shambles? I don't know about you, but with, with me, without him, I would be such a mess. I would be in such a bad place. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Malachi 4 and 5. God's just been stirring this in me for a few weeks. And I had to really ask him, what, do you want, what are you saying, God? What do you want to say? What are you saying with this verse? What do you want us to know with this verse? Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with, with, earth with a curse. And I was like, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? I know, I get it. You're going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. But then I just began to think, if we don't honor our fathers and if the fathers provoke their children, that's one thing I thought. God, is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? But then he began to speak to me that divine alliance of the father and the children is what brings the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Because when the when when the prodigal left home, he took everything he had and then he spent it and then he ended up in a pig pen. And he knew he was worse than anything that his father's servants were. And I just feel like there's some people out there, some kids out there who have just gotten on the wrong track, who have gotten in a pig pen. But I feel like this is a promise. And I feel like there's some people in the house that just need to lay hold of this promise that God's about to turn the hearts of the father back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the father so that a curse can't come on the land. And then I just began to think, if the father, if my heavenly, earthly father is lined up with my heavenly father and then I'm lined up under my father, that's a divine connection. Amen. And things can come through the bloodline that couldn't come any other way. And I feel like God is saying that it's time that the curse of the bloodline rise up and overtake. I mean, the blessing of the bloodline rise up and overtake the curse. That it pushed down the curse. That it removed the curse. And that we can walk in the blessings of the Lord. So I'm just going to say as we move forward again, this next song is breakthrough. I'm telling you, I feel like God just keeps saying week after week after week, I'm breaking you into a new place. I'm removing the things of the old. I'm taking away all the things that have hindered you. Amen? God keeps saying it. I don't know if you're feeling it, but I felt it for weeks now. There is a breakthrough and a move of God. And again, I'm going to go back and say, the leper that was cleansed thanked him. We need to move on the word of God, amen? So as we go back into worship, let's take this word. And if you don't have someone in your family that's astray, someone immediately, I'm sure you know someone who does. And let's just begin to thank him. Thank him for what he has for you. Thank him for what he's given you. Thank him for the blessings that are going to flow from the heavenly father all the way down to our grandchildren. Amen?
Church, sing it out. God, you're so good. Come on, can you lift your hands? Now, I want the congregation to lead it. Come on, sing it out. God, come on, sing it out. Come on, you didn't know you are going to be a worship leader today, did you? You're so good, God. You're so good. You're so good to me. Come on and love on him this morning. Lord, we worship you. God, we give you honor and praise. God, when we think back over our lives... God, when we think back what you've done for us, Lord, how you have brought us through, how you have set us apart, God, we can't help but just thank you. We can't help, but God, as we move into this season of thanksgiving, God, God, we look at how you have kept us, and Lord, how you've brought us to this place. God, we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, one more time. Come on, can we just sing it one more time? God, you're so good. Yes, Lord. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, if you believe that, do you believe that in your heart today? Those aren't just words. You know what? Those aren't just words. Come on, tell God how good he is. Come on, let him know how good he is. Come on. Yes, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for bringing us out for setting us free, for setting us apart, for bringing us in, God, for adopting us. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, give your neighbor a fist bump and say, God is in the house this morning. Come on, I just feel the tangible presence of the Lord at this place this morning. Amen. Amen. God is so good. It's so good to see you. You may be seated. And I, I just want to say, if you are a guest with us today, uh, my name is TJ. I am the, the pastor here, and I want to say thank you for being with us today. It is an honor to have you. So, home folks, can we give all of our guests a hand clap of welcome this morning? 
We are so excited to see you. I just want to kind of reiterate, I got a little bit of house house cleaning to do this morning. Just uh, unfortunately, sometimes that happens and uh, haven't really had to do this, but I, I feel like uh, this through the week uh, we've been watching, uh, I don't know if you've been watching, but the COVID count here in our county has slowly been on the rise. And I just want to reiterate a few things to you guys as we step into this. How many know as, as the body of Christ, we want to be a good witness? Amen. Amen. We want to be a good witness for Christ. Amen. All right. Good. I'm, I'm glad you guys are, are with me on that. I, I know uh, that uh, I know there's a lot of differing views on, on this whole pandemic. I know some people are this way and some people are this way. Uh, but what we want to do as the body of Christ and as a church is to, to go in the right direction and to be the light of Jesus. Now, I believe, uh, you say, Pastor, you, do you have faith? I absolutely believe 100% and have faith in God. But I can tell you this, that God gives us wisdom. Sometimes a little bit of wisdom would, would help us. It would keep us out of a lot of trouble if we'd say, hey, God, will you just give me wisdom to walk through this and navigate this versus, you know, just kind of doing it? How many times have you stepped into something that you wish you hadn't stepped into, right? All right. So God gives us wisdom, and uh, as we gather, I just want to reinforce a couple of things. Um, number one uh, is this. If you are sick in any form or fashion, please stay home and watch the service online, Okay. Uh, we don't want to try to spread anything at all. Amen? Amen. I know we're church people, and we are the worst. Sometimes when we get together, we like to congregate. We like to hug. We, it, uh, and I'm the worst, okay? I'm one of the worst. You've seen me walk around here without my mask on. And, uh, but we ask, and we, we are just recommending just by what the governor has recommended. So I don't like the governor. It doesn't matter. He's still your leader right now. So, you know, the Bible says fall under submission of those in authority over you. Uh, they have recommended that we wear masks in congregating areas, okay? So if you're in the foyer, please do that or, you know, uh, just social distance. If you don't have a mask, and, and I, we understand that some of you may not be able to wear a mask, but just do me a favor, if you will. Just please try to social distance. Use hand sanitizing stations. We have those all over the place. Uh, here, if you can't find one, we'll find one for you, and we'll point you that direction from six feet away. No, I'm just kidding, okay? Uh, and, and this one's tough for me. I am doing my best trying not to, to shake people's hands and all that, but I am really bad about that. Uh, but let's try to do that. And uh, what we want to do is just be, be the light. We, we want to be in the newspaper because we're a church that's, that's doing something for the Lord and not because we're, we have a rise uh, in COVID cases. Amen? So let's do that. If you will, uh, just, just help me out with that. Who will help me out with that? All right, all right, a few of you. Okay, that's all right. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, and I, a little bit of housekeeping we wanted to kind of take care of and address. And uh, the reason we want to do that is we want to be able to uh, continue to gather together and be wise about it. How many know that we can be wise about it? Amen. With that being said, everyone said, whew, I'm glad that's out of the way. And I'm the guy saying, whew, I'm glad that's out of the way. All right. Uh, yesterday, we had an awesome day. Uh, how many saw some of the pictures yesterday from the reverse drive, what was it, reverse parade? I'm sorry, I almost, I almost called it a drive, reverse parade that we had here in the parking lot. Did anybody see in the, any of the pictures on social media? Did anybody, was anybody able to attend? 
It was an awesome event, and it was awesome. So I want to give all our volunteers and you guys a hand clap for stepping up. Yes, we were wise yesterday. We wore masks. We had gloves on. We social distanced. We were outside. And, uh, and thank the Lord for not letting it snow like it did last year. I heard it snowed last year, and everything had to go inside. And so we had a pretty pleasant day. A little, little windy, but not too bad. Everyone else was in the sun. I was underneath the awning. It was a little bit chillier underneath the awning over there, but uh, I wasn't complaining too much. You guys just say, oh, you're just a big sissy, TJ, because you're from California. And maybe that is the case. I don't know. Maybe I uh, got a little little brittle while I was over there on the West Coast. Uh, but uh, I want to uh, just do something. Today we have a special guest of, of honor uh, all the way from Central America and I was thinking, I haven't really had much of a chance to visit with them yet. They've been here since, what, was it Friday you guys came in? Thursday. 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 I haven't had too much just in passing. We've seen them, and, and I know that they have a lot of roots here. And I was thinking about uh, how long I've loan, known the Meltons. And, and I don't know if you remember this, Sister Melton. Uh, I was talking to Brother Melton. I knew they had been in the ministry uh, since, you know, Methuselah was born. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just joking. I knew that they had been in the ministry for a long time, and I asked them, I said, how long have you been in the ministry? And they've been serving as missionaries for 34 years. Is that right? That's what is. That's awesome. I mean, I wasn't even born when they started in ministry. I'm just kidding. I was born. But I remember uh, probably when you guys maybe had just started out, you guys came to Mississippi where my, my parents were pastoring, and I remember I, I don't I remember riding in the car with you guys. I don't remember why I was in the car. Maybe just because I wanted to be around you. Maybe I, I was less has so many great jokes, and you'll find that out in a minute. Maybe that was the draw. But I remember being in the car with you, Sister Melton, and you were uh, you were showing me and your oldest son, and I, I forget his name at this moment. Scott, that's, I was going to say that, I promise, I was. Uh, Scott, you were, you were teaching him, I think, how to count, uh, I think, in English and in Spanish. And, and I remember doing that activity with you. And I, I still to this day, I think you were the first person that taught me how to count to ten in Spanish. In, in Mississippi, of all places. And so I was just thinking about that, not that that matters. I was just taking a little, do you remember that? Probably not. Uh, you know. You're like, I've slept a few times since then. Uh, but I want to just give them honor today. And th I didn't realize uh, one of the first people when we, we took this position uh, that called me and congratulated me was Les Melton. I was, I was sitting there in, in, in when we went home, and, and I had this weird number pop up on. I was like, who in the world is this? And I just happened to answer it. And it was Les Melton. And I didn't realize the history that this church has with the Meltons and their work uh, in Guatemala, Honduras, and Central America. And uh, what an honor and what a privilege it is to have them today. So without any further ado, I'm going to ask my friends all the way from Central America to come on up here. Will you give them a welcome this morning? We're going to let them have their liberty and their way.
We are Les and Charlene Melton, and yes, Mike Baker and Betty Flynn are my cousins, and I'm proud of it. And if you know somebody with the last name of Childers or, or Jackson, we are probably related, but I may not know them. Like he, like Pastor TJ said, we've been out of the country for 34 years. <laughs> I'll tell you how far out of it I am. Uh, we came home to Michigan recently, and my son drops a box in my lap and says, Happy birthday, Mom! And I said, What is this? Although it was clearly a picture there on the box. He said, It's a switch. I said, Watch your mouth! That's what my mama used to spank me with. He said, Mom, it's a Nintendo switch. Uh, it still didn't ring any bells. But I am finding out how popular those are. I remember we came back one time and there were some fancy new things in the bathrooms. There were no knobs. You couldn't turn the water on or off or anything. You just had to know where to stick your hands, you know. I, had, I, I promise you, I had to stand and wait until somebody came and stuck their hands into there so I would know where to put my hands. I just did not know how those things worked. So being on the mission field can be really challenging sometimes, especially when you come back home. But I thank God for the opportunity and the privilege to be in the center of his will. There's no better place to be than that. Buenos días y Dios los bendiga, hermanos y hermanas. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Es un privilegio estar en la casa del Señor esta mañana. It's such a privilege to be here in the house of God this morning. En, en Guatemala y, y también en Honduras hemos tenido el privilegio sentir la presencia de Dios. In Guatemala and also in Honduras, we've had the privilege of feeling the presence of the Lord. Es el mismo Dios que está aquí esta mañana. It's the same Lord that's here this morning. Y para nosotros esta mañana es extra especial and for no, for us this morning it's extra special está aquí con muchos que han visitado a Honduras y a Guatemala to be here with so many people that have visited Honduras and Guatemala y también con mucha familia and with a lot of family y queremos decirle que el mismo Dios we want to say that the same God that is Lord here is the mismo Dios in Guatemala. Is the same God that reigns in Guatemala. El mismo en Honduras. He's the same in Honduras. Y su poder no está limitado. And his power is not limited. Por las diferencias de los lugares donde adoramos a Dios. Not for not by differences in in the places we worship. Amen. Amen. I really do speak English, by the way. It's so good to be here with you this morning. And give me a minute here and I'll catch up. Amen. Very early this morning I was up, and as normal on Sunday morning, and praying for the service. And, and um, I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if it's something about here or if it's something about the time that we're living in or what, but the presence of the Lord was so strong. And in the service this morning, you know, there are times when you feel the presence of God, and it's rich, and you 
long to go back to that again and again. And you do. But then there's times when it's, it's super rich. Okay? It's like Aunt Vonda's velvet cake. It's better than anything else you've ever had. And um, that's what I felt this morning in the worship. And our God is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I'm tempted just to preach. <laughs> but I want to tell you about Central America. Man, if you could put that first screen up for me this morning. By the way, you guys know this is a remote control. This is a new electronic remote control. Every time I do that, they're going to change to the next screen. Yeah, so, so, you know, you can figure out, you can look at my fingers later and figure out how that works, but, you know, it probably will work. So, um, okay, I got them behind me, but not there. Okay, that's fine. Um, so, our mission field, Central America, and um, where we live, we, we live in the country of Guatemala, but we serve in Honduras. Oh, I got to do this. How many of you have been to Honduras or Guatemala that's here this morning? Well, quite a bit. Do you have, Pastor, you're not raising your hand yet. Well, just saying. <laughs> you can read anything you want to in that. Amen? And it's our privilege to serve the Lord in Guatemala and Honduras and Belize and El Salvador and Costa Rica and also in the country of Mexico. It's our honor. Honduras is a very beautiful country and 18 million people in the country of Honduras. There are actually nine different Indian dialects that are spoken there. About 40% of the people of, of Guatemala speak an Indian dialect. And so, therefore, many places that we go, we have to have translators also. But it's an honor, and they're very different. And so every one of the Indian tribes has a different cult, not just a different language, but different food, a different culture. You know, one of the places we went one time for a dedication service, and they were, it was a big, big uh, anniversary service, and they were making a stew, and I asked them about the stew, and they said, this is the five-meat stew. And I said, okay, so what meats? And they said, well, there's pig, there's cow. There's chicken, and we don't know what other two they put in. <laughs> so, you know, that's a lot of fun to eat like that. But it's our privilege to serve in Guatemala. We now have 369 Pentecostal Church of God churches in the country of Guatemala. God's doing a marvelous work there. We have three Bible institutes are functioning. A fourth one that will be coming, that we'll, we'll be sharing about that in a minute, that will be starting very shortly. We also have a children's home in Guatemala, and now we're also going to build a transition home. For those of you that have been to the children's home, and uh, what a great group we had from here. 2015, wow, these guys worked like crazy. And we roofed a 36-wide, 84-foot-long building in four and a half days. Put the columns up, put all the roof on. It was absolutely incredible. So thank you. Amen. And uh, I probably said thank you before, but thank you again anyway. And it hasn't fallen down yet. You know, so that, that you know, makes a thank you more solid, right? And so um, thank you for that. Um, we, uh, we've been having growing pains in Guatemala. Our office in Guatemala was a little 10-foot by 14-foot room at the Bible school. And 369 churches and just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And so the Lord opened the door. We began building this building and that you can see. And thank the Lord for that. It's right next door to our house. Actually, the blocks on this side are our house. And then on the other is the rest of the Bible school. And so we're thankful for what God is do has been doing there and allowed us to build that. Downstairs is going to be new offices. The second story then is a, is a missionary four-star four star hotel in Guatemala. Well, it's Guatemala's four-star, okay? 
And so it actually has hot running water. For those of you that have been there, that has significant meaning, right? And so we're excited about that and uh, thankful for the privilege that God has given us to, to serve him and to build this. But then there's another thing that's happened also, is that we have outgrown our auditorium on the Bible School. This was convention last year, pastor's convention last year, as we gathered for convention, celebrating 46 years of being an organization in Guatemala. And we discovered that we no longer fit in the auditorium that's there on the Bible School campus, which is a good kind of problem. But during that discussion, we began talking with our brothers there. Um, all of us began talking about 50 years coming up in four years, now three years. 50 years is coming up of, of being a church organization. And for those of you that are certain ages, you know, when you get to your 50th year anniversary, you start planning something special, right? You know, and uh, so they were doing the same thing for the church that's going to be 50 years old in three years. So they began talking about where, about when, about how, about how much it's going to cost, about who was going to come, and so on and so forth. And in the middle of, and that was good, healthy discussion. In the middle of all this discussion, one of our pastors stood up and he said, brothers, he said, we are talking about celebrating what God has done, but said, why don't we talk about doing something between now and the celebration that we're talking about? And he said, I feel that God wants us to make a commitment that we commit to God to have 500 churches by the end of, by the 50th anniversary. Amen? And I thought, wow, when I first heard that, I said, man, that's a, at that time a year ago, it was about, it was about 160 more churches that we needed to start. And I said, how is that going to happen? You know, and then they said, but, you know, and you could hear people thinking also that same way. How are we going to do that? And they begin breaking it down. We got 26 districts, and if each district starts seven churches in the next four years, then we will make it to the 500. I thought, wow, these guys got a vision. And uh, so I said, I hope they're not expecting me to put roofs on all those. You know, it was there in the back of my head, just a little bit. But you know what? The same God that gives us a vision is the same God that gives us the provision for what we need to do. Amen? Regardless of what it is, whether it's personal or whether it's ministerial, it's the same God. And so, so we're very thankful for that, for having that opportunity. We have a um, children's home in Guatemala that some of you have been. We've already talked about the building of the roof and that. And Ahikam is the name of the children's home, which is an Old Testament name. And all the, the Old Testament names, they had certain special meaning. And this simply meant that my brother has risen up. That's what Ahikam meant. But the understanding of it, the function of it, was that my brother has risen up because somebody helped him to rise up. You've been around somebody that fell. Okay, what do you do? You run and you help them get up. You know, I think I had to be help Bev get up one time down on the mission field. <laughs> of course, she, you know, she wasn't so hard to get up. So, well, never mind. <laughs> Giving her a hard time. But um, so my brother has risen up because somebody helped him to raise up. But if somebody fell and you helped them to get up, would you help them to get up and walk off? No. You stay with them for a few moments. Okay? Make sure that they're okay. You might have to help them to sit down to recover a little bit till the pain goes away, or might have to find out why. You may have to take them to the hospital. Whatever it is, you're going to stick with them to make sure that they're going to be okay. So that's the connotation of the children's home. These kids are down when they come, okay? Some because of abuse, most of them, all of them because of some kind of abuse. And so it's our job to help them get up, but not just to get up, to also teaching them that there's a great way to go 
okay? And there's a right way to go. And so that's the work of the children's home. It's in the Patin jungle of Guatemala and uh, in a severely, in an area that there's lots of abuse that goes on. We're just barely touching the tip of the iceberg when we're there. And uh, so um, pray for us in the children's home that God will help us. This is Sister Connie, and she's the administrator and uh, the founder also of the children's home. She's doing a wonderful job working there 24-7. She's with these kids. We sometimes have a little bit of a tough time when they, they come to Guatemala City every year. We bring them to Guatemala City. Well, first of all, here's the facility. Stage one of construction on the left. On the right, some of you guys ought to recognize that because that's the roof that you guys put on. You can see on the, on the right, and thank you once again. And uh, I, I'm still amazed at how fast that happened, how we did that in just four and a half days, if I remember, we put that roof on. Amen. And so... Um, now it's stage three has been done. The upstairs is done. It's all blocked in. All the individual rooms up there, and it's just a beautiful place. And God has blessed us. Here's an aerial photo. You know, we've been out of the states a long time, and so some of the latest technology things, you know, like switch, you know, and drones. You know, I think a drone is the thing that that goes over and shoots a terrorist. You know, and this one. So this guy brought a drone down, and he said he brought a drone down. I said, wait, 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 you're not going to shoot anybody, are you? And so his drone had a camera on it, so he flew it up and got some aerial pictures of it, and so that was really good. So for those of you that have been at the children's home, this will be significant to you, but that little building right back here that's got some rusty tin on it, that's such an important building. That's where the chickens lay the eggs, okay? That's an important building. And up here, that little building... Up, uh, up the hill just a little bit that you see the path going to, that's an important building. That's where the pigs produce bacon and ham for the children's home. Amen? And so, um, so the kids are learning, and also we have an area that's down here that where the kids are able to plant their crop, to plant the vegetable garden at, and, and to be able to say, I grew this, and so it's all an important part of their development. And so these children, 34 children now, and I'll try to keep my hand off of my pocket. So, um, so if I walk around like this, it's not because I got a stiff arm, okay? <laughs> so we have 34 children at the children's home right now, and God's doing a marvelous work in their lives, and it's an honor to be able to serve them. So every year at Holy Week, there's a luxury bus line that does it as a courtesy to us. They send this luxury bus. It's got air conditioning. There's got TV. There's got a toilet. These kids have never seen a toilet in a vehicle. They don't understand how that works. Most of the boys in the first five miles down the road, they're all in line to go to the bathroom because they want to understand how this thing works, you know. And so, and so uh, anyway, so the bus brings the kids all the way to Guatemala City and to the Bible school there. It's about a nine-hour drive. And in Guatemala City, we have youth camp with them during that week. That's the biggest holiday of the whole year, and we have youth camp with them. And so kids from our churches, from three of our area churches, the youth come together and help us with that. They have activities. We have fun. We have games. We have lots of time that, we sp that we're able to spend with them, and it's just a wonderful time. The most important thing, though, is that they learn that Jesus Christ is a heavenly Father that is so good. Amen? Not just to us, but to them also. Amen? And certainly, that's our God. And so we want them to understand how good our God is. And usually just a few weeks before Holy Week comes, both the kids 
from the local churches that help us with it, as well as the kids and the children. Some are all asking, is the bus coming? Is the green bus going to come? Is the green bus going to come get us? And so this year we wasn't able to do it because of the, of the COVID virus um, crisis. But, amen, we're already on the schedule for doing it next year. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. Some of these girls come at very, very young ages, pregnant or with a little baby. Most of the little babies are from their father. And so that tells you the kind of abuse. The youngest one, we have one there right now that came at 11 years old with a baby. Amen. And so the challenge to show them that God is good sometimes is a, is a big challenge because God is Heavenly Father. And so that word Father is not necessarily a good name. But you and I know that Heavenly Father is a good name. Amen? And so we want to instill that in them. So help us to pray. And if you would like to help us with the children's home, for $30 a month, you can sponsor a bed. There's a notebook at the back table. Um, where you can sign up for that and talk to us after service, and we will appreciate that so very, very much. Amen. So these kids in the children's home, some of them are with us for long periods of time. They turn 18, or some of them come when they're just 17 maybe or 16, and when they turn 18, they're free to go. They can leave. And, but we tell them they don't have to, but they're legally, they can. They don't have to stay there. They've been under court order up till then, and so... Um, they, they're free to go, and they do, many of them. And so they don't go, but they don't go back home because they came out of an abusive situation, and to go back home is just not where they want to go or where they should go. And so sometimes the girls run off with the boys or do other things. Some of them do all right, but it's a very small. So God put in our hearts some time ago about having a transition home for them. And so God has opened the door for that to happen right on our Bible school property. We looked at properties and right outside of our door, practically, is where this is. And uh, you'll see a group that's gathered there. There's 13 girls that are there that's already begun training for it. We don't have anything built yet, but we've already begun training. And these are uh, six of the girls are pastor's daughters that are very close to us, both physically and as well you know, in, in uh, the, the vision for the children's home. And then also, um, we have some other girls that are graduates from the Bible school. There's 13 that are right now studying. They're studying how to help these girls, how to help them in transition, how to, to, to teach them about free living, that they don't have to um, give away something they shouldn't be given away, just to say it bluntly. And so pray with us. As this happens, we'll uh, share a little bit more, but this transition home is a huge step. It's going to be a um, 35 foot wide building, so it's one foot less than the one in, in the children's home, 80 feet long, a two-story building that we will be building on this piece of property that's right behind us, and so pray with us as we go into unknown territory once again, amen? Are you scared to go somewhere you've never been before? I'm not scared, but I'm concerned. If I got a map, if I'm going someplace I've never been before, I don't, you know, those little GPSs, you know, they're great. But this is our GPS, right? In the spiritual sense. And so pray for us as we follow God's word and God's direction through the transition home that that will, that will become, you know, that will produce fruit for God's kingdom and we will appreciate it very much. Amen. The, our passion from the time we went to the mission field was 
to see pastors prepared for the task of reaching and discipling the lost. Now, Pastor, you know that it's a challenge to reach people. Amen? But it's more of a challenge to disciple them. Amen? Because they come to church, they get saved, they're forgiven from their sins, but since they've not walked in the way they should have walked, all of a sudden they've got to walk in a different way, on a different road, in a different manner. And, and God's Word teaches us how to do that, but, but it's a challenge. And, and it's, it requires lots of effort. And so the Bible schools are simply for that, to produce pastors, teaching them the task of reaching and discipling the lost. So pray for, for Bible school. This particular, um, this little green rectangle in Guatemala represents a place very, very close to our heart. It's in a tribal area of Guatemala. They don't speak English. They don't speak Spanish. They speak Carnaval, or they speak Chu, or they speak Mam. And they're all three different languages. There's one town that we actually go through that has three huge Catholic cathedrals. And I said, why three? They're like all around the center square, which also serves as a football field. And why do they have three? Well, come to find out the people that speak Chu go to one. The people that speak Canhobal go to the other. The people that speak Mam go to the other. Amen. And so very interesting. And so uh, they're that separated in their cultures. So... Um, Anyway, in this area, um, we have been working for some time. In this area, it's a very rugged area. It takes, um, takes about 13 hours from Guatemala to City to get there. Three hours of that is in four-wheel drive only. And so that old red bus would never get there. <laughs> Amen. And so um, th this is our, some of our graduates that are there. This is Pastor Max and his wife standing with me. And then the lady down here. Is the mother of the two that are graduating from Bible school, a son and a daughter that went at the same time. They are both now pastoring brand new churches in this area. And the others uh, that are with me are also graduating on this day, all of them from the same church. Amen. There you can see all four of them. We're excited about them. Three of the four actually today are pastoring brand new church plants in the mountains of Guatemala. And so we're very thankful about what God is doing through them. This is Samuel and Angelina. Samuel was in the first graduating class from the Bible Institute there. Angelina was in the second graduating class. One day I get a phone call and somebody's talking. They say, you know, Angel and Angelina got married. I said, what do you mean they got married? You know, I didn't hear anything about it. I didn't know they were dating. Well, they don't date in the Indian areas. They have a different way of doing it in the tribal area. And so the way that this happens is that Angelina would have noticed Samuel, but somehow she came to like him, but the girls down there, they don't look ever into anybody's eyes. They always look down. Now, if you're walking away from them, they'll look, you know, and, uh, but, uh, you know, are from the side, but eye to eye, they don't do eye to eye contact. And so, what happens is, their dating process is that Samuel was looking at Angelina, and Angelina looked up and made eye contact with Samuel, and they nodded their heads and they were engaged. So then, Samuel had to go through the process of going to Angelina's dad and for three or four different visits to see if the dad was going to say, give him the nod also. And so he did. And so Samuel and Angelina got married. They were both Bible school graduates, both called to pastor. So they began pastoring a new church. The only thing was they had to walk four hours to go to church. Then after, because there was no place to stay there, they turned around and walked four hours back home. Amen? Then Wednesday night come, four hours to church. And after service... Well, I was back home. 
Would you do that? Let me ask you this. Could you do that? Okay? I see some heads yeah and some heads no. Okay? And some are telling the truth and some, well. <laughs> Amen. So one of the things that um, God opened the door, actually it was your brother. Amen? It was your brother and family that came down and we were lamenting about a light case in Nicaragua and I didn't have the money to build parsonage, to help them build the parsonage. And or others like them, and your brother said, let's take coffee home and sell it. So now we bring coffee home and sell it. Amen? So there's coffee on the back table, and we've built 12 parsonages to date. we got two or three more that are in line uh, to build. And so you buy a bag of coffee for $12, paying with cash, check, or Visa, or MasterCard, or whatever you got. Then uh, you'll be helping to build a, a parsonage for people like Samuel and Angelina in the beautiful country, in, in one of the countries in Central America. We built them in Honduras, in most of them in Nicaragua, also in Guatemala. And so we appreciate that very much. Amen. So, you say, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, but Christmas is coming up. They make great Christmas presents. Okay, just saying. I'm going to leave that and go to the next. So, 18 to 68. So, in these mountains of Guatemala, when we first started working there about seven years ago, and about six and a half years ago, opened the Bible Institute there, we had 18 churches. Today, we have 68 churches in that, that area. And so that is for the glory of God. Amen? And the Lord has done it, and we're so very thankful. Amen? Now, how many of you know that we often say it, King of kings and Lord of lords? Okay? But when we really get down to thinking of that, does that mean that Jesus is bigger than the President of the United States? Does that mean that God is more powerful than, you know, than, than the, the, most, the richest person in the world, that God is richer than him? Does that mean all of that? Yes, he's better than all of them. Yes, he is. And so this virus that's come our way that has shaken us and has seemingly taken over our lives, is God able to deal with that? Absolutely. We're supposed to do our part. As pastors already talked about today, that is our part that we're supposed to do. But at the same time, our God is working in marvelous ways all over the country. In the country of Guatemala, where we were locked down for months, I mean locked down, and just in the past three or four weeks, some of our churches have started to be able to have church, just in the recent time. And during that period of time, we've gone We've started seven new churches in the country of Guatemala, plus one in El Salvador and two in Costa Rica. Amen? So ten new churches in that period of time. Amen? So we're going to show you five of the, we call them the COVID churches. Amen? You can do what you want to with that, you know, but I think it's kind of fun. The six, the new COVID churches. So this is one. This is in, you remember me telling you about the town that had the three Catholic cathedrals? And so we went there in November, did a medical clinic there just to bless the people of that community. Now we got a church there. So about May, I get this picture and says, hey, brother, so we built a church. I said, how can you build a church when you can't have church? Well, I don't know that they were necessarily following the rules and having church, but they built a church. Amen. They said, hey, can you help us with the roof? And so the Lord blessed us to be able to help them with the roof. And we put a roof on it. I don't have the pictures of this yet, but they're already worshiping there. And in this next place, just a Use tin shack of some kind. I have no idea. So of those seven, there's only one of them that I know much about. The rest of them, I just got pictures that we have a new church here, that we have a new church here without the details. But I don't have to have the details. What, what I do know 
is that my God is King of kings and Lord of lords, amen, in the middle of this thing, he wasn't shut down. He wasn't locked down, amen. He wasn't restricted, okay. He didn't have a mask on, amen, <laughs> amen. And, and he still hugs us, amen. And so thank the Lord for that, amen. So here's some others. That's when they had just, evidently they were building it that day and were working on the platform because you can still see that the cement between the blocks on the platform in the back of them is still wet. And so that meant that they were working that day, so very thankful about that. This church, again, I don't know the stories of this, but they're building a block building in the middle of the virus without the missionary help. Can you imagine people doing something without a missionary? Praise God, it's done better that way, okay? And uh, so they were putting up their building. And so very excited about that. And so this next one then is the, well, here's the finish of that one. And then we go on to the next one. And this is the only one that we've had anything, that we've had any involvement. This is about four miles from our house. Some of you that follow us on Facebook may have read about how white people were out with white flags waving. And that started happening about May. And that simply meant that the people that were waving the white flag, that was their announcement to the rest of the people that were going down the road that they didn't have any food, that they needed food. And so um, I went with our superintendent, and we drove down this road just to the four-mile part and on down to the next town and then turn around and come back. And there was over 200 people on that road, or 200 groups of people. Some of them were just families, mothers or dads with little kids, and they would be out there waving their white flag. Superintendent and his church, they began immediately feeding, doing a feeding program. And uh, they would fix up cooked meals and take them out and hand them out to people. The first time they went out, they went out hoping to be able to pass out to 100, and, to 100 people, and they passed out to 150 people, lunches, uh, hot lunches. And the next time they went out, they did 250. The next time, 450. The next time, 500. And as they were doing that, not just were they giving food out, but they were talking with people, they were praying with them, they were asking them where they were from, and all of them was from this community. That was about 1,200 homes that were... How can I say? They were all used tin homes. And so they had rusty tin with holes in them, and they had obtained that some way and managed to put up a little structure of some kind to live in a very, very poor community. So when superintendent began to share with me what was going on, I said to him, I said, okay, brother, so is there a church there? He said, I knew you were going to ask that. And he said, there's only one church for about 1,200 homes, and it's at one far end of it, and this place is about four miles long. And so I said, well, um, okay. So I, and he said, but, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, one of our Bible school graduates lives right there in that area that needs a church. He goes to one of our churches, but he's a Bible school graduate. So we went and talked to Victor. And I said, Victor, I said, why don't you have a church here? He said, well, we don't have a place. There's, I said, is there anything for sale? He said, yeah. He said, five doors down from me, there's a, there's a place for sale. And so we went and looked at it and got the price on it. And that was like on a Friday. And so Sunday morning early, I sat down at my computer and wrote an email. And um, then we went and we had a little mini service on campus because we had several pastors that, that live on campus. And so we got together and had an illegal church. No, a clandestine church sounds better, doesn't it? And so we had church. And then after service, I went back home. And you know what missionaries do? We check email all the time. And so I went and checked email, and there was an email from a brother in Texas who said, hey, said, don't look anymore, said, said, I'll buy that piece of property. 
So he bought the piece of property. Somebody else gave finances to put the roof on it. And so we have pasture, we have land, we've got a roof to worship under, but we can't have church still. And so one of our pastor's daughters said, but went with us when we did a encuesta, uh, a poll, um, and a survey of the people in the area and how many kids there were. She said, there's tons of kids here. She said, there's lots of kids here. And said, why don't we do a feeding program? So we began a feeding program for the kids. And that's why these kids are all lined up here. There's two of them, two pastor's daughters and uh, that are there. One that's just sitting there have, spending some good time with the missionary and the other that shows the food that she's getting. And um, here also are kids lined up outside. This thing is rattling a lot, isn't it? Can I fix it? Yeah, that's fixed now. How about if I put it outside in this pocket? Will that make a difference? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Amen. And so, um, here's, a, here's the food. Doesn't that look good? Amen. Talk about a chili cook-off. Oh, man, that's a lot better than anything you can make here. Just saying. Amen. And so, also we've been giving rice and beans to our churches. And uh, the Lord has blessed, blessed us to be able to do that. We would send 100-pound beans and 100 pounds of rice to the church and send them some money also. And then they would put together... Um, Provision bags, as you can see in the picture, and they would, their people would bring together some food items also to put in the bags, those that could, and they would give those to the people that were hungry that did not have food because they were not able to work because of the virus. Amen. And so um, lots of, many people came to give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ as a result of that. There's one particular story that I want to tell with you, share with you this morning, and that is that um, one gentleman that lived by himself had run out of food, couldn't go to work because the buses weren't running, didn't have any money to buy food. And so he prayed to God one morning and said, Lord, he said, I think you exist, but I'm not really sure. But I think I should get saved, but I really don't, not for sure. But Lord, if you will send me some food, he said, I'll give my heart to you. It's a deal he made with God. A short time later, somebody from one of our churches knocked on his door and said, hey, um, we think that you probably don't have any food to eat, and so we brought a bag of food for you. So the guy, before he ever received the bag of food, fell down on his knees and cried out to God and gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Amen? And, of course, then he received the food. And so, praise the Lord that God is doing things that we might not have ever been able to do. And so we're thankful for that opportunity. Amen? To serve the Lord. And with that, uh, the future site of our Coastal Bible Institute, so just two days before we flew back to the States, um, we started the, uh, um, somebody donated property to us to start a fourth Bible Institute in the country of Guatemala. And he said to me, he said, look, he said, you've got a city Bible Institute, you've got a jungle Bible Institute, which is just a couple miles down the road from the children's home in Guatemala. And he said, um, you've got a tribal Bible Institute, the one that we talked about. And he said, you need a coastal Bible Institute because there's people down here on the coast too. And he said, I'm donating the property. He said, I'm going to give you the electricity, the water, the sewer. And so all you got to do is come build. I said, okay, a deal. And so we live by faith. And so this is the um, group of brothers. Our superintendent and I went down, received the property. And um, so it's, uh, so then he gave us the, um, the drawing of it also. It's right on the main road. It's level property. And so what a blessing that the Lord had started stuff. Amen. 
and that we get to participate in starting. So we're going to have a fourth Bible Institute in the country of Guatemala. Amen. Uh, Honduras, we're also working. Nine million people in the country of Honduras. We have 115 churches. If I'm not mistaken, three or four churches in Honduras, this church is built. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We appreciate that so much. Amen. Uh, we have uh, Extension Bible Institute, Bible Institute. We have two elementary schools and a kinder in that country. You know, the Bible says to take the gospel to the end of the earth. First of all, this, over 5 million Hondurans are still without Jesus in their life. Amen? It's a lot. Read aloud with me that bottom line. What does it say? Missionary needed. Amen. Okay. Um, so, the Bible says to take the gospel to those that are in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and I think the King James says the uttermost parts of the earth. Other ones say the end of the earth. This is the end of the earth. This is the uttermost part. Okay? It takes, it takes the last part of that trip, takes about 45 minutes to an hour. You're only in four-wheel drive, and you go a grand total of eight miles in that period of time. Okay? And so, little community back there that's completely and totally wireless because they've never seen an electric line. <laughs> a wire coming in. And, uh, but we have a school there that was built about 18 years ago. And we did a whole class, a whole group of kids are just 15. There's 13 in the picture. And um, so these kids need Jesus also. They need education also. So we have a one-room school building and one teacher and six tables because there's the kids from each grade is at a table learning. And so we're thankful for that. Oh, by the way, when I go, to, when I go there, they hear my car coming down the last hill before I cross the creek and climb back up to the school building. The teachers let them go, and they meet, a, meet me about halfway down the hill, and the entire student body climbs in the back of my pickup truck, all 15 of them. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest thrills of their lives, I think. So here they are studying um, there, and um, a great group of kids. If you want to sponsor one of these precious children for $20 a month, you can help us out by sponsoring a child. You can pick out their picture, take their picture home with you today, and we will appreciate that. See us at the table after service. Amen. $20 a month to sponsor a child. Amen. And we're also working in the country of Belize, which is the most sparsely populated country in Central America. We have 58 churches there, an extension Bible Institute in that country. Amen. And it's our privilege to serve in that country. English is the spoken language of the country of Guatemala. There we go. Read that with me. 270,000 Belizeans do not live for Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the country of Belize. We're also working in the country of Costa Rica. Costa Rica is a very beautiful country. How many of you have heard about Costa Rica on the news? You've read about Costa Rica. Okay. And um, so it's more educated and more safe rest of Central America, and they have fewer Christians, percentage-wise. Okay? And they don't have the violence. They haven't had the wars. So I tell our pastors here often, maybe we need to start a war here and get more people in church. That doesn't go over real well, but you know, I suggest it anyway. And we have eight churches there, and still we have 3.9 million that are not Christians. Read the bottom line out loud with me. Okay, all right. And then we're also working in the country of El Salvador. Amen. And uh, we have uh, 8.3 million people in El Salvador. It's a very tiny country, but people are really packed in there. We have seven new churches there. 
and an extension Bible institute. And almost 6 million people still do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It's not coming to their lives. Would you one more time read with me the bottom line? All right. If God's spoken to your heart, see me after service. Amen. We're also working in the country of Mexico. Mexico is a large country. Mexico is actually called the United States of Mexico. We're the United States of America. They only have 39 states, but we have 50, so I digress, right? And so um, Mexico is a very beautiful country. It has beautiful people. We have 451 churches there. We have actually several Bible Institute programs that are functioning in Mexico, and uh, there's a lot of needs in that country also for the gospel. Amen. I'm going to share with you real quickly our budget for just a minute, and then Sister Charlene's going to come up for a few moments. And uh, this is our budget. We actually have two budgets to raise. I should have put the budget. And so $16,000 to build stage one of the transition home in Guatemala, and that will simply pour the concrete floor that will come at street level out, and uh, by the time it gets out to the end of the 80 feet, it'll be 12 feet off the ground. And so that'll be the first floor of that, and that will cost us $16,000 to do. $10,000 will be stage one of the Coastal Bible Institute and uh, on the coast in Gua south coast of Guatemala, where we've had property donated. We'll also be putting roofs on five new churches in the country of Guatemala for $3,000 apiece. comes up to, um, to $15,000. We want to build one new church in the country of Costa Rica, or excuse me, in the country of El Salvador, and uh, $7,500 to do that. And we need to upgrade our vehicle in the country of Guatemala. So uh, my vehicle's been beat up. It has 270000 on it and uh, rattled. Uh, we're starting to rattle, but we were able to sell it just before we came home. So we need to put some more money with that and upgrade our vehicle. All that is $46,500, and so far we've raised 10700 of that. And we ask that you would pray with us for that. We also, the most important budget is our monthly budget. And so we need $2,000 in additional support. Most of that is for the transition home, the rest of it for the new Bible Institute. We need $2,000 a month in that. And we have about $240 in pledges that have come in. And so we simply appreciate that you would pray with us about that. Amen. Now, 11 weeks ago today, this beautiful blonde that's coming up here had a stroke. Amen. 11 weeks ago. And I found her at midnight in the bathroom, and her face was all pulled up. She couldn't stand up. She couldn't talk. And here she is today. Have you been listening this morning? Ten new churches during a time of pandemic when all churches are supposed to be closed. A new Bible school. Uh, a new home. A transition home for kids coming out of the children's home. Wow, God has been busy this year. I remember in March, one of our kids said, Mom, how long do you think this will last? I said, nothing to it, two weeks. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> but nothing catches God by surprise. And God doesn't make mistakes. Well, as my husband said, 11 weeks ago, I had a stroke. It was a brainstem stroke. Most people don't survive that. And if they do, they're severely handicapped. 
What did you do? They say two-thirds of people now survive their strokes and are ready for rehabilitation. Thank God I'm not one of those. I survived, but I, did. I don't need rehab. <laughs> to God be the glory. This has been a very weird year. You know, back in the 1960s, Bill Gaither wrote a song called The King is Coming. The marketplace is empty. No more traffic in the street. Busy housewives cease their labor. In the courtrooms, no debate. Work on earth has been suspended as the king comes through the gate. I don't know, did you ever wake up during this pandemic and think, oh, what chapter of Revelations are we living today in today? <laughs> I don't know how much time I have left, and I don't know how much time you have left. But during this pandemic, I had a lot of time on my hands. And I began looking at the alwayses in the Bible. Yes, pray, no, go back to the praise. In Psalm 34:1, it said, His praise shall be continually on my lips. Continually, without pause, without a break. The next one says, you know, sing and worship. Uh, sing to the Lord forever. Sing praise to the Lord forever. For me, that's worshiping. I have a question. If you're praising and singing and worshiping God, how much can you fight with your spouse, your kids, the people at work, the people at school? How much trouble can you get into with the kids around you, with the people around you? And then there's another one. Rejoice. Philippians 4, 4, Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then so nobody wouldn't mess up and misunderstand he said again I'll say it rejoice in first uh, Thessalonians 518 it says in everything give thanks I never had a problem with that I did have a problem with the next verse Ephesians 520 giving thanks always for all things I remember at my dad's funeral, I was not a happy camper and did not want to go to that funeral. I didn't even want to acknowledge he'd gone. But as I reached for the auditorium door, the Holy Spirit got in my face and said, giving thanks and rejoicing are not optional, not even at your own dad's funeral. Well, my first reaction was, wow, that's a little harsh. But I have always tried to be obedient to the voice of the Spirit. And I began to give thanks, although I had no idea how to rejoice. And I know, I noticed that when I opened the door, the Holy Spirit was there waiting. And he carried me through that day. It was a glorious day. It was a beautiful day. It was a wonderful day. And Mom, I'm not anxious for another day like that anytime soon. And I gave the Holy Spirit absolutely no credit. 
I told myself, the only reason that you didn't fall apart today is because you know there's a second funeral on Friday in Indiana. And that'll be when your heart rips in two and this blackness and darkness threatens to swallow you whole and you'll know intense sorrow like you've never known before. Well, we went through that funeral here. I led the songs. I'll fly away when we all get to heaven. And halfway through, I'll see you in the rapture at the graveside. The Holy Spirit got in my face again and he said, Did your heart rip into, just threw my words right back at me. Is there a blackness threatening to swallow you whole? Do you know sorrow so intense you can't breathe? And I just stopped singing. It was so intense. I put my hand over my heart and I thought, I'm a horrible daughter. I barely cried at my own father's funeral. And the Holy Spirit said, I am the comforter. I'm really good at my job. Did you really think I was going to abandon you in the moment you needed me most? You know, some people think that all the rules in the Bible are like barbed wire fences around us trying to keep us out of a cookie jar. That's not true. That's a false, misperce that's a false perception. That's a lie from the enemy. All the rules God put down are like a big, strong fence around us to keep us safe. I don't know how much time I have left. I don't know how much time we have left. But I do know one thing. I want to concentrate on four these four alwayses. To sing praise and worship. To have his praise always on my lips. To rejoice and give thanks. I don't know about you. But if I'm concentrating and focusing on those four things... It keeps my tongue out of a whole lot of trouble. Keeps me out of trouble, too. <laughs> Amen. So good to be here with you this morning and to share with you. Pastor, we are so excited that you learned 1 through 10 in Spanish. Amen. What comes after 10? What comes after 10? <laughs> right. I'm giving you a hard time. Amen. It's our privilege to be here with you this morning. Thank you so much. Remember to pray for us. We go to that next screen. And for pastors, missionaries, teachers, students, that we will um, do what God wants us to do, that we will follow him, that we will follow his word, that we be a faithful amen to our calling upon our lives, and that we will see more labors in the harvest field, amen, show love and compassion to the people. We've given you cards this morning. If you didn't get a card, please get one. There's some back on our table, and uh, feel free to take one. And these are, we call them prayer cards, but really and truly they're reminder to pray cards. You know, we're here today, and you may not see my ugly face again for 
you know, sometimes. And so sometimes it's hard to remember. So put that somewhere that you'll see it on a regular basis and pray for us. Sometimes people say, what do you need? What do you need? We need people to pray for us for the mission field. We need people to connect with God on a regular basis where they are and also pray for us where we are. And we will appreciate your prayers so very, very much. Feel free to see us at the table after service. If you have questions, if you'd like to sponsor a child or a vet, if you'd like to buy some coffee, the best coffee in the world, make Starbucks look like garbage. I didn't say that. Amen. And um, um, we also have some keychains back there that the kids from the children's home have made. And if you want to purchase one of them, we'd be glad to do that. It's our honor to be with you today. It's our honor to be here with your pastors. And um, so it's our privilege to see them here serving God and um, know that's a big step for them. And so, and know that you guys are going to work together and do great things for the kingdom of God here in Bedford, Indiana. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you. Are you challenged in your heart this morning? Amen. Are you challenged in your heart this morning? Uh, I tell you what, I know this is a little bit different service. Um, sometimes it's important to know what God is doing. You know, we like it when God does something for us, but sometimes we forget that God has called us to do something for others. And, and, and when they said they were going to be able to come, I thought, man, we, we need that. We need to know what God is doing there in Central America and need to be reminded. And uh, you know what? I haven't been down to see you guys. Now, I, this is a kind of a running joke between us. Uh, so when I was youth pastor in, in Texas, Les and them came to our church. And I told him then, I said, Les, I'm going to contact you about doing a missions trip. This was probably 2000, I don't know, 13 or something like that. And he said, let's do it. Let's do it. So then I moved back to California when I was living in California. Guess who came to our church? Les and Charlene. And then Les walks in the door and I said, hey, Les, I still want to do a missions trip with you. And so when I talked to him on the phone the other day and he said, are you still planning on doing a missions trip? And I say, yes, when we get the clear, we're going to come down and we're going to finally make that happen. Third time's a charm. That's, that's, that's what I say. So um, uh, what an honor. If you can, please visit, um, visit what they have back there. Buy, buy some coffee. I promise you it is some of the best coffee. It is better than Starbucks. And that, you don't have to feel guilty about that. Uh, uh, it, it is good stuff. So go ahead and, and pick some of that up. And number one, it's for a good cause. Amen. So do that and uh, just visit with them and talk to them. I uh, want to tell you guys, in the way of announcements this week, uh, coming up this Tuesday, I want to remind you, if you have not, vote. It's your right as an American citizen, and uh, go go do that. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but I'm just going to tell you to pray before you vote and ask the Lord to lead and guide you. Amen. You guys voted. And they are American citizens, just so you guys know, all right, just so you know. <laughs> and they voted. So I uh, um, want to remind you to do that. Please do that. And uh, be in prayer for our nation, okay? This week, I want you to take some time out. We just got out of 21 days of prayer. Uh, and take some time this week to pray for our nation, the direction of our nation, and, what, and, and just ask God to lead and guide us. Amen? 
Amen. So let's do that. I uh, also want to let you know uh, on November the 3rd at 7 p.m., uh, this is a, a fairly new ministry, Beyond the Broken Hard. Uh, they are going to be meeting. Is that here? Right here. They'll meet here at the church, and that's at 7 p.m. After you vote, come on down and, and be a part of this ministry. And uh, this is for people who have, have, been, have had a death in the family and, and dealing and coping. Is that correct? Uh, say it again. Any sort of grief. Thank you. I knew you would clarify that. And uh, so anything that, you're, that you may be dealing with, we want to invite you to be a part of that. Also want to remind you that Wednesday night we have our uh, classes. Uh, the men, we just finished an amazing Bible study. I hear a lot about the women's Bible study, uh, but we just did one called The Tipping Point. We, we learned a lot about the end time, and it was, it was just an amazing, amazing time. And we have classes for teenagers, for kids, and everybody. We want to invite you for that. Also, Thursday, November 5th, we are busy around here. Every day almost we have something. Uh, when, uh, uh, Thursday, November the 5th, we have the Healing Hearts, and that's going to be here at the church at 7 p.m. Also want to let you guys know, this year we're going to be doing something. We, we want to um, uh, bring in some things to make Thanksgiving baskets for people that may be in need at this time of the year. Um, and uh, just so you know, we are looking for people to be able to sponsor and to love on and to just give them a blessing. How many know that God has called us to be a blessing? And so we're going to ask for your help. If you know someone that's in need, we're not going to embarrass them. We don't want to do that. But what we do want to do is just bless them. And so we need some names, and we need those by November the 8th. Um, and then we're going to be collecting donations for each of those baskets. We'll know the number of those baskets. And if you can donate something, if you can uh, donate a turkey or donate, uh, those, there's a list. I'm sure I would probably blotch that list if I started to say what it should be in that list. So I'm not going to do that today. Um, but w donations, and we're going to be taking those through uh, November the 18th. And then we're going to give them the opportunity to pick those up or deliver those on November uh, 21st. And also, one last announcement today um, is this morning we are also simultaneously, we've got a lot going on. Uh, the youth are doing a candle fundraiser today, and they have candles for sale, and they're going to be selling those for the next couple of weeks, and they are $10 a piece. Now, listen, you can go buy candles all over town. All these different places, but I'm telling you, you're going to be you're going to be uh, investing and planting in good soil. If you buy these candles, God will bless you, Amen. And so, uh, uh, go check those out. Buy as many as you can. Buy a box if you want. Go for it. My wife bought a box of candles. I'm not even kidding you. She she's a candle person, and so she went ahead and bought a box uh, without really talking to me. But that's okay. And so we have a. We, that's why I say you guys should buy a box. Follow your pastor's, pastor's wife example and buy a box of candles. And uh, she bought a whole box. And so uh, our house should smell good for the next 12 months, I would hope. And so uh, do that. Um, also, I want to encourage you. Uh, thank you for your, for your giving. And uh, we, we are not passing around a collection plate at this point. Uh, there will be some places that you can give on the way out. You can also give uh, via... I wish I knew them all in service online, kiosk or text. There you go. And uh, there's all the options for your giving. And God will bless you for faithfully giving and, and, and supporting the church. And uh, we just thank you for that. And so stand with me all across this building. I just want to pray with you today. Uh, let's, just, let's just bow our heads. God, we thank you for today. God, thank you for, um, 
reminding us, Lord, that the kingdom of God is bigger than, than what we even know and what we, what we see. God, we get stuck in our paradigm and, and where we are. And God, sometimes we don't see beyond <laughs> the city or the county line or even the state line at moments. But God, your church is moving all across this world. And God, good things are happening, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with us this week, God, that you would put your hedge of protection upon your people. God, you would cover us underneath your grace. God, we pray for our nation. God, as we uh, go, go into this week of an election, God, I pray, Lord, for uh, every person, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for, uh, that you would just uh, bring peace to our nation, Lord, that you would just uh, send your love. God, I pray, Lord, that you would go with us. God, Lord, you'd bring us back at the appointed time. God, Lord, you would cover us under your grace. And, Lord, we just thank you for each and everything. And